Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty show. We're taking the week off because we're gluttons and we're going to eat so much that we're sick. Be incoherent. We're so full anyway. But there's so much to discuss. You got senators wanting to fight witnesses. You got Congress people fighting each other. Israel fighting for its survival and fat communists visiting California. So much. By the way, if you want to hear more, you can catch our podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. So I absolutely salute Nicholas Kristof of the New York Times for writing the piece that he wrote. And I'm glad the New York Times uh, printed it. And I'm also somewhat surprised. Uh, speaking of the collision between reality and, uh, and in particular progressive policies. Long overdue collision. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Um, that's the one aspect of conservatism I, I will claim to my dying day is that we must understand reality. And as we talk about policy, we cannot let passion trump reality. Our hopes trump reality. We've got to be grounded in reality. And I appreciate this dose of reality. Um, Christoph's headline, as we mentioned earlier, is the one privilege liberals ignore. Um, and then he, he talks about American liberals have led the campaign to reduce child poverty since FDR, pride, proud legacy, etc. But we've long had a blind spot. 
And I, he gets right into it. I love this. We are often reluctant to acknowledge one of the significant drivers of child poverty, the widespread breakdown of family, for fear that to do so would be patronizing or racist. Wait a minute. If you use reality to make a racist point, well, then you're a racist. But to say that stating reality is itself patronizing a racist is a stark line between what I was talking about. You must always acknowledge reality or you cannot possibly be effective. And and him admitting that we really don't like to. That, that to me is pathetic, but that's just the way my brain works. Anyway. I'd say it's it's definitely that stuff, as I mentioned last week, though. It's also culturally, for whatever reason, culturally, we decided it's not something you'd want to point out to anybody, that uh, single-parent households are not going to be as effective as dual-parent households. Just pointing that out is hurtful, I guess, or judgmental or something, but nobody does. Nobody yeah. does. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but I'm uh, I'm reminded of Thomas Sowell's uh, brilliant statement toward the end of the 20th century that most of the history of the last 50 years has been getting rid of what works in favor of what sounds good. Um, anyway, uh, so they feared to, to acknowledge the breakdown of the families, a huge factor, would be patronizing a racist. It's an issue largely for working class whites, blacks, and Hispanics, albeit most prevalently among African Americans. But just as you can't have a serious conversation about poverty without discussing race, you also can't engage unless you consider single parent households. After all, families headed by single mothers are five times as likely to live in poverty as married couple families. Children in single mother homes are less likely to graduate from high school or earn a college degree. He doesn't say how much less likely, which bothers me. They are more likely to become single parents themselves, perpetuating the cycle. Um, also, they're much, much more likely in, to end up in prison. Almost 30% of American children now live with a single parent or with no parent at all. One reason for the sensitivities is large racial disparities. Single parenting is less common in white and Asian households, but only 38% of black children live with married parents, not even 40%. Melissa Kearney's an economist at the University of Maryland, um... In an important book on this topic to be published next week, she says, quote, the data presents some uncomfortable realities. Again, God, realities are realities. Whether they're uncomfortable or not cannot affect your your reckoning with them. Yeah. But I guess you have to couch it like this in the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. That that word should be outlawed from being uh, put as a, de- a descriptor to reality. Reality is reality. What do you mean, uncomfortable? What? Well, and, and and folks, I don't care how old you are right now. Uh, you know, Jack and I got a little uh, gray hair happening. We're older than we used to be, and I'm dealing with some physical stuff. All reality is uncomfortable, except for, you know, a couple of <laughs> moments of, of pleasure and or ecstasy that come once a week or once a month, if you're lucky. <laughs> All of reality is uncomfortable. Oh my anyway. God. Yeah. Anyway, the data presents some uncomfortable realities, writes Mrs. Kearney. Two-parent families are beneficial for children. Places that have more two-parent families have higher rates of upward mobility. Not talking about these facts is counterproductive. 
We liberals, writes Christoph, often perceive the world through prisms of privilege, but we rarely discuss one of the most important privileges of all, and it's the title of Kearney's book, The Two-Parent Privilege. And then he says, let me interrupt this column with a shower of caveats that everybody's working hard and doing their best, and many children raised in part by single moms do extraordinarily well, etc., etc., etc. Yet this is still so wrenching to discuss. Then he goes back to 1965, something I have quoted many times, when Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote a prescient report about the decline of marriage among African Americans. Moynihan, who himself had been raised mostly in poverty by a single mother, warned that family breakdown would exacerbate social problems, but he was denounced by liberals for racism and victim baiting, which is victim blaming, I'm sorry, which is extraordinary because he was one of the lines of the left at the time scholars ran for cover it helped greatly that the eminent african-american sociologist william julius wilson of harvard later conducted research in this area and praised moynihan's work as prophetic but even today there is a deep discomfort there we are again with that word in liberal circles about acknowledging these realities so the problem was identified 60 years ago and we're still just kind of trying to get around to recognizing what is obviously true. And speaking of Sowell, uh, another one of his great quotes is, there are some ideas so stupid, terrible, bad, I can't remember precisely what he said, that only an intellectual could hold them. Well, here are some examples. A scholarly organization in the field published a call in 21 to, quote, dismantle family privilege, such as championing championing two-parent families which it was warned was embedded in white supremacist society. Oh. Oh, my God. So here you have intellectuals saying, we've got to do everything we can to tear down the family, because that's a white thing. And while 91% of college-educated conservatives agree that children are better off if they have married parents, only 30% of college-educated liberals agree, according to a report to be released next week by the Institute for Family Studies. Now, given the fact... The reality that the numbers on achievement, incarceration, uh, financial health, everything, everything, everything states without contradiction that the kids are better off in two-parent families. How can only 30% of college-educated liberals agree with that? That's astonishing. Because they have a uh, career-focused postgraduate friend who had a baby without a dad and they don't want to hurt their feelings wow that's a pretty good explanation that's some of it plus they've been taught over and over again that if you are to assign any of the responsibility for a poor outcome to the people experiencing that poor outcome that's blaming the victim quote unquote which may be one of the most insidious phrases ever devised in the english language I mean, I can't even imagine all the times I've screwed up in my life when instead of feeling a repercussion or having my parents say, you know, I'm ashamed of what you did. You brought embarrassment to the family or whatever. Instead of that, they said, well, we can't blame the victim because Joe's in trouble. So he's the victim here. Can you imagine how my life would have turned out differently? One or two more points. 
one stunning and depressing gauge of racial inequality in the United States. Well, he says inequity. I will not use the term equity. The study found that 62% of white children live in low poverty areas with fathers present in most homes, while only 4% of black children do. The collapse of marriage has happened mostly among less educated Americans, including those who are white, black, or Hispanic. While many college graduates, this is the principle we've been talking about of luxury beliefs, where you espouse a view of the world as an educated, wealthy person, but you don't live those beliefs. You let the poor people do that, and it ruins their lives. While many college graduates, in theory, embrace all kinds of family relationships, they remain traditional in their personal behaviors, mostly having children after marriage and raising their own two kid, their own kids in two-parent households. Brad Wilcox, a sociologist and family expert at the University of Virginia, calls this talk left, walk right. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it's, you know, I'm sorry to spout a cliche, but it's interesting on so many different levels. I mean, the statistics are incredibly revealing. The tragedy of it really, you know, affects you if you have a living soul. And the ability of people to blind themselves to facts with their ideology, just it doesn't matter how long I study this stuff, it still amazes me. I mean, it's like if there was a baseball general manager somewhere who was, like, denying all of the sabermetrics. You don't have to base everything you do on it, but, I mean, that would just, that would make them, well, they'd be fired immediately. Rejecting all statistical realities, all data science, because you're uncomfortable with it. That's an uncomfortable reality about where your second baseman ought to position himself. The, the people would be utterly befuddled by that person. They'd think he's mentally ill. And yet we run our society on, I don't want to acknowledge that reality. Well, I, and unfortunately I am in a position where I can say this out loud now because I am a uh, raising kids in a divorced family, which I wish I wasn't. Um, I can say this out loud. I wish it'd become a thing where we can say in society, two-parent households are better. Whether it's from the beginning or in the middle or wherever, whenever it becomes a one-parent each family. Two-parent households are better. I wish we could say that out loud. Can you succeed without that? Of course you can. But is it uh, much easier and much more likely you'll succeed with two-parent family? Yeah, I wish everybody could say that out loud. Just like be like saying um, uh, uh, graduating high school is a really good idea. Can you succeed without graduating? Yes, sure, some people do. But the vast majority of people, it's much better to graduate high school. Wouldn't that be better for our culture if we just could settle on that? Two-parent households are better for raising kids. Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Started into a Twitter war with Tim Sandifer about how delicious bacon is or is not yesterday, so that might come up as a topic also. Wow. Well, I happen to know your position on the question. I can't believe that my friend Tim would uh, be in, in opposition to it. I'm, I'm shocked. I, 
It's like, I don't know, finding out he abuses monkeys or something. I just, I've got to have a completely different view of the guy. It is very much like finding out he abuses monkeys. Yeah, I mean, how disturbing would that be? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Right, right. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Bunch of monkey whackers around here, huh? Uh, from William Bradford, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he was one of the leaders of the uh, the Pilgrims back in the day, wasn't he? He came over on the Mayflower. He was one Excellent. of the early um, uh, mayors, or whatever they called it, leaders of uh, Plymouth Colony for many decades. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Uh, here's your, your I only know oh. this because my son is at that period of grade school. Otherwise, It's ah. not like I remember it from when I was in fifth grade. It's because I have a fifth grader who's dealing with that right now. So, And are they actually teaching the history or just how he was abusive toward Indians and nothing else? There's a lot more of that than there was when I was a kid, certainly. Yeah, well, uh, fair enough. Uh, anyway, back to the quote. All great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and both must be enterprised and overcome with answer courage. Hmm. They talked fancy back in the day, but his point is, anything great or honorable is going to be difficult. Deal those were some brave SOBs who came over and, and tried to set up those towns. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. If you've never read the book Mayflower by Nathaniel Philbrick, fantastic book. You know, now that I think about it, uh, I'm thinking, yes, uh, great difficulties, uh, courage, right? And my version of that would make William Bradford laugh till he wet his breeches. I, I haven't had to sum it up a quarter of the courage. I'm thinking in my life, except for maybe a moment or two, that these people had to have every damn day. Or especially John Smith, who was one of the great badasses in American history and should be if better that known. that was his real name. Mm-hmm. He, should be, he should be better known. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can uh, wax historic on that topic someday. You can enlighten us. Here's your mailbag. Drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Brian in Vancouver writes, Just listening to today's podcast. Looking for a bridge to jump off now. The show today was one of the most depressing ever. Been listening to you guys since you started in California. Don't plan to stop. Here's hoping that tomorrow's show will be a little more upbeat. <laughs> we Fair we criticism, do, Brian. <laughs> I'll say I instead of we. I do need to work on not being part of the most depressing radio show in America. Wow. You can say we. I'm here. I heard it. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, Plunging along, Stephen Eugene, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest representing today. Does anyone seriously think Ukraine has the capabilities of getting a drone into Moscow airspace over the Kremlin and would even know where they would, might find Putin hiding? It's ridiculous. I agree completely, Steve. And the other point on that, Leon Panetta said this yesterday, our former CIA director and SecDef, that if they were going to attack the Kremlin and Putin, they wouldn't use those tiny drones. Right. It's just laughable. Here's a meme that's making its way around. Uh, Polly in northern Nevada sent this one. It's uh, like a 1950s mother and daughter sitting at the table. Daughter says, Mommy, I think I'm a boy. Mother says, Well, you're not. <laughs> wow. That's, that's pretty accurate. I love it. That is so good. And uh, finally, I will squeeze this one in. <laughs> B- BD writes the answer to the pronoun quagmire. Just call everyone comrade. Yeah, appropriate. Well, you're not. End of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> 
quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was listening to a podcast last week, and a, a, a pundit that I really like was actually talking about the Dylan Mulvaney story and saying, you know what? This is why a lot of people, when they get to the end of their lives, they're okay with going because there's just been so much change in the world. They just can't handle it anymore. And they think, you know what? My time is over. No country for old men. 
whoever it was was stealing from me. And uh, I, I think it's I think it's just a real aspect of humanity, maybe. And I was having this feeling uh, trying to go to skateboard parks uh, in the L.A. area over Saturday. So my son was on spring break, and two things we were going to do is go to a bunch of different skateboard parks. He actually uh, scooters rather than skateboards, but that's a popular sport also. And um, uh, and do car stuff. So we did really awesome car stuff. If you've never been to Bob's Big Boy on a Friday night in Burbank, that is its own fantastic car show that just spontaneously happens. You get yourself a cheeseburger and a milkshake and look at some of the coolest cars you've ever seen. Really, really fun. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. And, and I, I want to hear about the dictator's cars. You teased us earlier. Yeah. I want to hear about And then we went to the Peterson Auto Museum, which is, I think, considered the best auto museum in the world. And if you were into cars and if you've never been and you're ever in the L.A. area, you should go. It's just freaking amazing. But we hadn't done the downstairs part, the the vault, the secret vault. You have to pay extra money to go down there. And uh, and we went down and looked at a bunch of different cars. And, yeah, they have all kinds of president's cars like Eisenhower's car, FDR's car. They have the Pope Mobile from various years. Wow. And a variety of dictators cars, Saddam Hussein's um, uh, Mercedes that he had. And they explain all the different ways that they're protected. But the the heaviest vehicle they have there belonged to Ferdinand Marcos, dictator of the Philippines, the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so heavy because it is all kinds of bulletproof, bomb proof, this and that. It had some big sort of tank in the trunk where it could like release an oil slick. I mean, like straight out of James Bond, if anybody was chasing him, it had wow. special lights on the back that were bright enough for a plane to spot from the air to be able to land if he needed to escape or to blind whoever was chasing you. That sort of thing. I mean, it's just wow. Like, really, you, you, you see the stuff in movies, you don't realize that it's actually true. Oh, and then what was most entertaining to me, this uh, Pantera, which is an Italian sports car that belonged to Elvis, that has bullet holes in it because it quit on some road and Elvis got out of the car and <laughs> shot it three times. <laughs> oh, Elvis. Elvis, don't shoot your car. Elvis, oh, what are you doing, boy? unhinged is it to shoot your car because it quits alongside the road <laughs> well he shot his tv once too right how many yeah. inanimate objects did elvis shoot what's the complete tally right but the other part of the trip was going to skateboard parks and so we uh, traveled with a scooter on the plane and uh, got there and i uh, just looked up skateboard parks and went. but um ran into this a couple places including one in particular in uh in the burbank area skateboard park that i went to so we went to a lot of skateboard parks that were freaking jam-packed i mean there were so many people there they're there for a little while and left because it was just too crowded oh we should have come earlier blah 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 one skateboard park that was completely empty which i can attest to with the picture that i tweeted out over the weekend beautiful saturday afternoon not a kid at this giant gleaming skateboard park and I thought, that's kind of weird. So we get around to the gate, and uh, do you have all the pads that you need? Well, you got to fill out the form. You're going to have to sign the waiver. And then, there's somebody working at the skateboard park. If you don't know skateboarding, that's not the way skateboard parks work. You just show up and skateboard. They're giant right. chunks of cement. There isn't anybody working there. At this place, they had somebody at the gate, a couple of people at the gate, and you had to fill out paperwork and said you need to have elbow pads and knee pads before you're allowed to skateboard. You you mandate padding for people to use the skateboard park? Yes, you're not allowed to use skateboard park. And uh, and I and this is when I got into my whole uh, thing about what's wrong with America uh, to my son afterwards. I said you do realize. I said right, this is not your fault. I'm not mad at you. I realize you just uh, your employees. But maybe if you're ever in a meeting with your bosses, you could explain to them. 
or talk to them about this. You realize that the other skateboard parks in the area that don't have all these rules are packed full of children enjoying themselves. There's not one person in your skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon because you've got all these rules. Yeah, well, those are just the rules, you know. I guess I kind of agree, but you know, the rules, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was just trying to figure out what what this happens all the time. So you got the two combinations that are ruining America. The litigation thing, possibly. The whole thing where, well, if we don't mandate padding the lawyer. You know, because when we've complained about schools, local school, a school that my uh, son has attended where they're not allowed to run on the playground the day after it rains because the grass might be wet. And we have heard from people that it's, well, the lawyers have told us they'll pull our insurance. They'll pull our liability insurance if we let kids do this and somebody gets hurt so we don't have any choice. So you've got that angle of it, which is destroying America. And I don't, I wish somebody smart would explain to me how we're ever going to break out of this. Or if we can. And then the other angle of it is just, do-gooders who have this weird but some kid might be good get hurt thing so So i'm doing a good thing by imposing all sorts of rules so nobody gets hurt right somebody actually brought that up and i said well you aren't keeping anybody from getting hurt because there's nobody here they're all at the other skateboard parks where you don't have to wear pads so you're not actually helping anybody yeah, yeah. Boy, I just, I fear that law is often downstream of culture, but even if it's not, the, the law has so perverted the culture that you have young people who don't think that sort of thing through. So it's become a, a you know, a vicious circle of overregulation, litigation, and, and, and people feeling like they're doing a good thing by making it absolutely impossible for anybody to take any risk that might end up giving them an owie. I'm a good person for forbidding them from playing. But I was talking to my son about this overregulation thing and what it does to businesses. It's this, it's this weird thing that the left enjoys and I do not understand where it'd be better if restaurants don't open. We'll have these strict regulations to make sure there's not one person that could ever possibly be annoyed by the handicapped railing in the bathroom or the food not being pure enough or the parking spaces not being whatever. But we don't care if restaurants don't open. It's just as long as one doesn't open that could possibly inconvenient any human being versus the other side where I am. And I probably a lot of you listeners of it's better to not be perfect, but have a freaking open restaurant. It's better to not be perfect, but have people actually using the skateboard park. And I don't understand how these two mindsets. I, I guess it's because I don't live in that other mindset. I don't get it at all. I told the story years ago. We, 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 we bought a farm that had a bunch of horse stalls with the idea that we were going to. Yeah, thank you, Gladys. This was many years ago. With the idea that we were going to board horses, have a little side business. This barn had all these horse stalls. It was set up for boarding horses. It'd be You've really been boring listeners for years. Why wouldn't you bore horses? <laughs> board. Or did you say, oh, board. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So I the, apologize. Sir, plenty of people that want a horse, but they just need some place to keep it, and you allow them to keep it there, and you feed them and everything like that, and you charge like whatever, $100 a month or 
250 a month or whatever, and you make some money, everybody's happy. But then I went in and looked into it in the particular county that I live in, and they said, well, do you have uh, restroom facilities? And I said, well, there's kind of a restroom. Oh, is it handicapping? No, it's not handicapping. Have you earthquake retrofitted your bill? And so they got into all the, have you had your water tested to make sure if somebody wants to get a drink of water that it's clean It's clean enough for me and my kids? Well, it needs to be tested by the city and the And just so all, and wow. so, so what did we do? I said, screw it, we won't do it. So we just didn't do it. So you don't have the horse boarding or the restaurant or the skateboard park or whatever. The whole perfect be the en- being the enemy of it ever happening at all makes me insane. And is there any breaking out of that? Boy, that's a good question. It's uh, You can break out of it with your feet if you want. I've told the story of uh, my buddy who rel- relocated a successful business from California to Texas. And he went to the, the county in Texas and said, hey, I'm about to do this. And they said, go ahead. <laughs> he said, well, don't I have to, like, fill out forms and pay you a fee? And they literally said, for what? <laughs> go but, ahead. It's your land. But don't you have the, and that is absolutely true, but don't you have the feeling that the country is going more the direction of you can't because you'll get sued or let's let's have enough regulations that we don't ever even try this? As fast as it can. Yep. So I just wonder what we can do to possibly put the brakes on this. I, I, it. It blows my mind. Like, it makes me insane. Like, barking at the moon insane that other people don't look at an empty skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon and think, well, this is nuts. Well, we're keeping the kids safe. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody here. And this was a huge, this is the biggest skateboard park I'd ever seen. Wow. Just cement as far as you could see and all these cool bowls and everything like that. Not one kid. Not one. <laughs> so that's either uh, uh, an especially liberal area that is into the hyper-protection, safety is the only thing that matters philosophy, or and or uh, they got sued by somebody two years ago. Well, both ends of it are ridiculous. The the And I, I, I've never understood this mindset either. I mean, I don't want kids to get hurt either, but like I never worry about other people and whether or not they're making their 13-year-old wear a helmet when they skateboard. It never crosses my mind. But for some of you, you're constantly in a state of, oh, my God, about other people and what they're doing with their kids. And so it leads to, I found this out over the weekend, and I didn't know it, the skateboard park that my kid goes to in our town, which is like most skateboard parks, you just show up and do whatever you're going to do. There's nobody there. But I guess years ago, this one mom who I really, really like and have known for years, she and some other mothers got together and they would show up on Saturdays and uh, sign people in and make sure everybody had the proper pads and stuff like that. And then finally they quit doing that after a certain number of years, something like that. I thought, wow, okay, what do you think you're doing Plus, of course, you got a skateboard parks. I don't want to get hung up on this because a lot of you don't use skateboard parks. But the original point of skateboard parks was to keep kids from skating on the steps of the city council building or on the railings at the hospital or whatever and give them someplace else to go. But now you're going to put all these rules on it, which, of course, is just going to send them back to the railings at the library. Yeah. Yeah. That is so annoying. So discouraging. And. I don't. I, I, I've asked so many different lawyers about this. How do we break out of this whole? We can't have the parade anymore because uh, we can't afford the insurance. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. World War. That might be what it takes. A complete start again of society. <laughs> I, I just. I despair. I'm afraid. I can offer you no hope. <laughs>
I feel like an empty skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon on a beautiful day is like a symbol of something really awful. It's like that Vonnegut book, practically. I mean, it's just like we're into Crazyville here. Everybody stays home in their house and doesn't do anything so that nobody gets hurt or nobody can sue anyone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Again, I would offer you hope if I could, but... um well, and then that gets to the whole, you know, sweet uh, embrace of death when I finally get old enough, because I will not be able to handle a world where none of these things even exist. And as I always point out, where there's nobody around to remember that it didn't used to be like this. Well, and nobody around to pitch the idea that, and I'm not, uh, oh, man, look at the time. Uh, I'm not going to open up some sort of tequila and chainsaw playground for children um, or anything like that. But uh, I, I got hurt. I got hurt all the time as a kid, and it, it taught me about risk and, you know, what things I was good at, what I wasn't. I'm not in favor of little kids being seriously injured, but uh, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. You say, ouch, and you learn something. Right. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus in president ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This headline from the geniuses of the Babylon Bee. Brace yourselves for bitterly funny. Headline, Marlboro adds puberty blockers to cigarettes to make them legal for kids. That's a good one. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Speaking of doctors, this is a great story. A very encouraging Cigarettes are bad for kids, but so are puberty blockers. Is the point, and but so so cigarette. But activists are enthusiastic about kids taking puberty blockers, so it that would be all right. Exactly, it's ironic, is what it is. <laughs> this is a story which pleases my heart and and would make any reasonable human being happy. Messages from your doctor may soon include emojis, all right. and that's a good thing. So, uh, got your cancer results back, and the emoji is a guy with X's for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ill-advised. No. No, indeed. Uh, emojis could soon, soon start popping up in medical communication, such as emails and letters from doctors, according to news research. While this may seem a little strange or even unprofessional, study authors, and they did a study on this, say these pictograms are renowned for their universal appeal and may be able to replace traditional communication methods and engage more patients. Well, and they go into this study that was done and why it makes sense. Think we're all so illiterate they can't just use the words. Partly, yes, yes. Uh, the the more diplomatic way of saying that comes from a bloke at uh, University of California, Riverside. Emojis have universal appeal. They can transcend levels of education, language, and age, thereby establishing a conduit for communication. But <laughs> but where's the need? What's driving this? You can well, communicate with emojis, but why are we going to start when it comes to... So if uh, the cholesterol's too high, they'll just send a, a cow emoji? <laughs> You're overweight? No, again, your ideas are not helpful. <laughs> no, how's your pain? I might send the flat, kind of flat staring face. I might send the, oh, face, or I might send the, ah, face. Well, they do that with little kids. I don't know if they did that with your kids, but they do now. They do the emojis for kids on a chart so you can pick. But but we're not all ch- children without the ability to read. I don't understand why we're doing this. If you're new to the show, Jack is a bitter anti-emojist. Well, really, really sick. That is true, but I don't think that is leaking into here. I just don't understand why we would go from words to emojis for, for medical care. <laughs> Uh, said again, the edumacated fellow, surveys are usually circulated to patients in a variety of different stages of their care, but many surveys are wrought with language that can introduce a barrier. This is where emoji, which are friendly and universally utilized, come into play by replacing survey language that can be hard for some patients to understand. Uh, they argue, though, that to establish a standardized set of medically relevant emojis is critical, so everybody knows uh, what they mean. Uh, and they point out that for certain health conditions like stroke, brain injury, or vocal impairments, um, effective communication can pose major obstacles, and such scenarios, emojis could be instrumental. So I don't know. I don't know. Seems How is my heart me, test? But... And they just send you back a thumbs down emoji. <laughs> <laughs> How long do I have to live? And they just have the skull. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. Oh, man. Th- thanks for telling me straight, Dan. 
<laughs> that is horrible. I uh, was having a conversation with my daughter, who's in for a visit. And is she a hot Cheeto girl? Pardon me? Is she a hot Cheeto girl? I just became aware of hot Cheeto girls. Is that like a strip club or something? No, she's a soon to be a law student. Well, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. What's a hot Cheeto? Girl? I'm not exactly sure. I just heard a big feature on NPR about it. Wow, it stems from her. some movie or something like that. But I guess it's a thing. Being a hot Cheeto girl. Wow. Okay. It's a certain uh, like uh, lifestyle or way to dress or act or something like that. So I doubt it is my answer. I doubt it. But um, we are having a conversation about uh, education and that sort of thing. And she remarked that of five friends from college who got into education um, as teachers, four of the five got out in the first two years. Already? Several of them in the first year. Wow. They said schools are insane. I'm not doing this for a living. I'm going to find another way to make a living, having spent, you know, their college careers getting uh, educated on education. Yeah. Well, if you, uh, if you got into that profession thinking, I'm going to teach that kid that struggles with reading how to read and mm-hmm. all the enjoyment that would come with that. And then you sit in a classroom, like a, a friend of mine, his wife is a high school teacher and realize that kids can just Say, shut up during your lecture about whatever. Get mm-hmm. up, look, stare at their phones, then get up and walk out if they want to. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. You could have a little restorative justice meeting at some point, but that you would, can't suspend them, can't punish them. That would be depressing. That would be very depressing. And then the uh, the school uh, principal forces you to teach the little girls that they're probably little boys if they're uncomfortable with puberty. Right. Poop emoji. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. Hey, amen to that, brother. Uh, Pretty cool matter. Right, Johnny, we all know what that emoji is. Although, remember, a few months ago, there's some article, New York Times, whatever it was, um, that uh, Generation Z uses emojis completely different. The thumbs down means thumbs up, and a smile means I'm angry, and the poop emoji <laughs> means that's the S. And, you know, it's just, all right, all right. You know what, young people? Get in Good line. Luck. It's our world. We own it. I can show you the paperwork. Stop innovating. Stop having fun and toe the line. Hey, young people, enjoy your tax rate for the bills that we ran up. Huh? Armstrong and Getty. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.